Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hyperconscious Podcast. Alan, what is Hyperconscious? Once you understand why something is the way that it is, now you have the power to change it. Great conversations with great people and great questions are the keys to the kingdom of unlocking your consciousness. Every single action that you do starts as a thought. When you control the way you think, you will control the way you act, and you will control the way you live. That is hyper-conscious. Ladies and gentlemen, the Hyperconscious Podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor David Meltzer of the Playbook Podcast. He was kind enough to join us on episode 144 and 135. Folks, it has become Kevin and I's mission in life to help you realize that the life of your dreams is right on the other side of you becoming the greatest version of yourself. Let us help you do that. I rarely do these things twice in such a short amount of time, but you guys impress me. I, I believe in people that provide value and of our service. You two guys are on your way to huge fulfillment, purpose, and profitability, and I look forward to helping you both. We appreciate that more than you know. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our latest five-minute clinic where Alan and I sat down and talked about how to cultivate confidence. Today, we are going to do a small talks episode on the word fitness. So fitness, natural fitness is my thing. I cannot wait to talk about this. You know I have the five fundamental pillars of natural fitness, sleep, hydration, nutrition, training, and mobility. But before we dive into fitness, before and I prepped... Thank you for that. <laughs> I prepped a bunch of questions I'm for Kevin. I'm all hopped up on, on Life. You know, lack of food and a lot of caffeine right now. And when I say... Oh, put your mouth near the microphone. <laughs> and when I say a bunch of questions, I mean three. Right. Three specific Strong questions. Work. But before... But, yeah, but beforehand, you're going to go to the hyperconsciouspodcast.com and click on join hashtag hyperconsciousnation. Folks, we have people getting together, masterminding. We're building a community of dream chasers because we're all going to help each other achieve our dreams also we apologize for not being as present in there the last few weeks have been insane we traveled to toronto met evan carmichael in person uh it was a 10-hour ride each way so we were really really burning down um, <laughs> by the end of that and also friendly reminder alan and i will be speaking september 7th in hollywood beach florida at the margarita resort so we will be speaking our good friend and mentor terrence mcmahon will be speaking eddie panero will be speaking phil Krismanich and wade waddock will be speaking will be speaking Chantel adams will be speaking as well and guess what guess what Evan Carmichael is going to be joining us and speaking as well, so you do not want to miss this event. It is going to be next level. It is a great opportunity to network, to learn, and become the best version of yourself. I believe Evan said that he has done 6,000 videos? Yes, on, okay. on YouTube. And all of those videos, for the most part, are dissecting world-class performers and people who dented the universe dented. and changed the world. So I think he's curated and consumed more personal development content than anyone I've ever met in my life. He's speaking at our event. It is awesome. Yeah, thoughts are things. Yeah, thoughts become thoughts things. Are things. Especially for those who uh, go to Toronto to meet him. Right. Also, we get to share the stage with Evan Carmichael. That's that's a rare thing. That's awesome. Yeah. That okay, let's so talk. Cool. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah. to okay. me now. For the listeners. For the listeners. Let's talk to Kevin now. Okay, so first question. 
I personally believe that the fitness industry is a tornado oh, of no. misinformation. We're doing this. Because it is predicated on someone trying to sell you something. Right. Okay, folks, we are not trying to sell you anything. Let's bust some myths, okay? Yeah. Question. What do you believe, Kevin, are three of the top myths that people uh, that get perpetuated in the industry that hold people back? Uh, okay, so number one, and this, this will be specifically for weight loss or weight gain, um, what you eat matters more than how much you eat. Mm-hmm. That is a myth. Right. 100%. I was telling somebody at the gym that today, actually, as a matter of fact. Um, that's number one. Uh, number two, if you're a woman and you're listening to this, lifting weights will not make you bulky. Right. You will never, I, I won't say will never, but you will almost never look like Alan or myself. The only reason we're able to look like this is because we are men and we have higher levels of testosterone and different hormones. That's why we are, you know, it's easier for a man to build muscle than a woman. So I know that is something that a lot of women are afraid of. They're, they're afraid to look bulky. I will quote a near and dear lady friend of mine. Who said, I do not want to look I do not want my traps to look like Kevin's. Oh wow. Yeah. And I, I said, Do not worry. Right. They will not. Right. The reason I have traps <laughs> is because I'm stressed out, so I'm always like this. I'm convinced of that. I don't even do them anymore. Uh, and then number three, um, another myth. Another myth that holds people back. That holds people back in fitness. In fitness. Um I think one of the things that holds people back is like you need a crazy program or right. a crazy piece of equipment or a crazy 28-day fix or a crazy shake or you you don't need any of those things. Like if you you literally could eat chicken, rice, you know, broccoli, just make sure like you don't need the the shiny stuff to get the results. Mm. It really is the consistent it's the consistent pus- pursuit that's going to get you the results, not As the shiny an, stuff. I would go even deeper and say you not only don't need the shiny stuff to get the results, the shiny stuff is most likely distracting you from what actually gets results. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I would. I do like this. Somebody asked me recently. Um, I don't know if we'll talk about this on this on this episode, but the skip the small talk thing I went to. He's like, "Can I ask you, somebody I talked to? Can I ask you what your fitness regimen looks like?" And I was like, "Dude, I do the basic stuff, man. Heavy squat." Like heavy chest press, right. heavy back. Like I do the basic stuff. I do the compound movements. I don't do any of the, the pretty stuff you see on Instagram. I do the stuff that's worked for me. Right, and that's that's where I, I don't know I've gotten the results. Fundamentals. Yes. Okay. So next question. <clears throat> when we were in the car the other day driving home from Toronto, which when we you were when you were sleeping. Oh yeah, right. Soft. Soft. I was trying to do a social media post. Remember this? It was like the tail end of the trip. Oh yeah. And we were struggling, oh, and yeah, I was like, yeah. I got a post, man. And, oh yeah. Okay. So the, the name of the post was the top three reasons why you're not achieving your fitness goals. Yes. And Kevin helped me with this one. Number one was you're not aware of whether or not you're in a caloric deficit or surplus. Mm-hmm. Number two was, drum roll please, you're more focused on cardio than you are on weight training. Number three, you're not motivated because you haven't created a big enough why in order to follow through and embrace the suck. For the listeners, Kevin... Can you please go into each and explain what they mean to you and how to implement them into your life? We can start with the first one. Yeah, so I think you have to understand that in order to lose weight, there has to be a caloric deficit. Weight gain and weight loss is all based off of an energy expenditure, okay? And this, again, this is why I'm I'm super passionate about this stuff because I hate seeing people get taken advantage of. I, right now, will... What is the thing that people are doing? Herbalife. I will now bust the myth of Herbalife and why it works, okay? If you eat a 600-calorie breakfast sandwich 
every morning for breakfast, and then you switch to a 150-calorie Herbalife shake, you are now in a 450-calorie deficit. If you change nothing else, you will lose weight. That is it. Until your metabolism yes. catches up, but, in which case you'll and, have and to go even I, lower. Right, and that's what I want people to realize is like, you could literally just eat a healthier breakfast sandwich and you would lose weight. Right. You know, so I think that's the thing. Most people don't understand. They think like, oh, I'm, he- I'm eating healthy foods. I'm eating chicken and rice and broccoli and I'm not losing weight. How much are you eating? Right. Are you eating, if your metabolic set point is at 2,500 calories, if you're eating 2,700, you're going to gain weight. Doesn't Regardless matter, of what it is. Doesn't matter right. what it is. A calorie is an energy unit. Yes. It's a unit of energy. Yes. Law so. of thermodynamics, as exactly. they say. As they say. As they say. Okay, so number two was... Right. <clears throat> You are more focused on cardio than you are on weight training. Again, for the listeners, can you please go into that, what it means to you, and how they can implement it in their life? Yeah, so uh, cal- uh, sorry, uh, cardio is, you will lose weight by doing cardio because, again, you're creating a caloric deficit. You are creating more expenditure. The problem is that is a short-term fix. Even the short-term fix seems kind of long because you can do it for months right. and, and still get results. But when you put muscle onto your body through resistance training, through progressive overload, you thus add to your metabolic capacity. So the more muscle you have on your frame, the more calories you burn on any given day. So say right now I am five foot five, I weigh 172 pounds. If you give if you were to stand a man next to me who is five foot five and 173 pounds, same height, same weight, less muscle, I will always burn more calories than him at rest. Throughout the whole day. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So every day. Having muscle is it's like having muscle is investing in the long-term future of your metabolic health. Having muscle makes it easier for you to lose weight. And then when you do do cardio, like I do a lot of kickboxing. Right. I do a lot of kickboxing, but I do it in high intervals, like high. It's not easy. It's not like long, you know, hour-long sessions on the treadmill. I do like 15 minutes hard where my heart rate is getting unbelievably high. And Well, your muscle cells use ATP. Right. So holding muscle on your frame burns more energy, right. more calories. Right, and I don't think a lot of people realize that right i think it's a short term like oh i need i have a wedding in 30 days i need to drop as much weight as possible if you do a bunch of cardio you're going to lose weight but it's not necessarily going to be for the long-term benefit of you and your body your muscle your metabolism so um if person a and person b person a burns 500 calories in cardio person b burns 500 calories weight training one of them person b is going to retain more muscle and therefore be better off in the long run, is yeah. what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Okay. One of them, the best analogy I can find is this. One of them is like a savings account. The other one's like an investment account. One of them is accumulating over time more benefit in the macro. The other one is just kind of saving and holding on to what you have. Yeah, I, I think that's a great analogy. Okay. I was searching for an analogy, and I, I wanted to say something like that, but my brain capacity at this given time did not allow me to do so. <laughs> and I, okay. I'm going to be honest about it. No worries. No worries. Appreciate We appreciate your transparency. Yes, yes. Number three, you're not motivated. Uh, you'll like this one. You're not motivated because you haven't created a big enough why to follow through. Um, let's talk a little bit about that and then like deadlines as well. Okay. Um, again, for the listeners, can you explain what that means to you and how they can implement it? Yeah. So again, leveraging why power. If I told you, th- there's a fine line between saying I'm trying to save money and I'm trying to save money because of this. Like I just want to save money. Or I want to save money to buy a house. Or my dog needs surgery. Right. Or, you know, whatever it may be. When you have more motivation to do something, you're far more likely to follow through. And when you're far more likely to follow through, you're far more likely to succeed. Um, So, 
when do people get into the best shape of their lives? Usually when they have a photo shoot or they're doing a bodybuilding or a bikini or physique show. Why? Because you have the most Y power ever. You're going to be on stage in your underwear in front being of... Being judged. Being judged on your body. Not only by the audience, but by judges. Right. With actual ratings. I was talking to a judge recently. One of my photographers used to judge bodybuilding. It's intense. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that if, if your desire is to lose 15 pounds... Like, think about it this way. If you want to be the best in the world at something, you have to go way above and beyond anybody else. Right. And even if you don't become the best in the world, you'll become better than most of the world. And way better than you would have otherwise. Right. So if, you're, if you're, your only goal is to, to weigh 15 pounds less, you might, you might do what it takes. Right. Maybe. Right. Maybe. But if you do 70% of what it takes, you're only going to get 70% of your results. And you'll mm-hmm. end up losing 9 pounds or 8 pounds or whatever. You talk about necessity. Um, in High Performance Habits by Number Shard. Shout out to him. Yes. Can you explain... You have tons of necessity in your life to be ridiculously productive. We were just talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, you and I can't just wake up and say, ah, what do we want to do today? Right. Like, we have a lot of necessity to follow through. Um, not just in fitness, but in every arena. For people out there who are struggling to stay motivated, they probably don't have a big enough reason, okay? If you want to look good on the beach, that's not big enough, in my opinion. How do they create more necessity? Attach something of meaning to it. I will buy myself this dress when I get to my goal weight or I get to my goal physique. And that's another thing that, you know, again, I don't ever judge somebody on their weight. But if you're judging yourself because you're not, you don't feel like you're living up to your potential. Right. Right. If you don't feel that way, then you have to figure out what motivates you. Maybe it's get a tattoo. Right. Like that's a thing people wait a long time for. Mm -hmm. Right. Give yourself a treat. Or put yourself in pain and say, I'm not allowed to do this. I mean, there's, there, I it's, like either the one. One. <laughs> it's either one. So maybe it's, I don't get to do this until I get this result. I'll give you an example. I had a photo shoot earlier in the summer that I knew I wasn't ready for. And Kevin was telling me that I wasn't ready for it. And I agree. Um, and I said, I need the pain. Right. I need the right. necessity. I need to go. And I literally still, none of those photos saw the light of day. Um, not none of them. The clothing ones did, <laughs> but the, the shirtless ones did not. But I since have done three other shoots since then this summer that have all gone better. Again, I'm creating, think about Alan, Alan who does no photo shoots versus Alan who has a photo shoot every month. One of them is going to be more motivated, right, period, right. because the, the feedback is different. Well, remember when, so at the tail end of Florida, when we were in Florida in December, Alan and I had a photo shoot scheduled for like the 4th of January. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I haven't used any of those photos because I wasn't motivated. I was, I looked really good for your average person. I did mm. not look nearly good enough for somebody who's getting pictures taken. <laughs> and I never posted that. And I told Alan, like, that's my own fault. Right. That's my, I didn't work hard enough. I worked hard, but I didn't work hard enough because to me, I was just doing a photo shoot to do a photo shoot. It didn't matter. Remember those shots by the pool when we first got there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Perception Jesus. versus reality. Yeah. And again, this Careful is our the camera. This is our standards. We have high standards. Right. You know, and, and I'm willing to take the pain uh, in order to get better. So yeah. hundred percent. And after it, that it was all it was all remember T Mac got us the twenty percent turkey. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, man. What, God yeah, damn it, T Mac. Yeah, damn it. All right, last question close. for Kev. What are we doing on time here? Two minutes. Oh, Two geez. minutes out. All right, last question. <clears throat> so I believe that all long-term success in anything, whether the person is conscious of it or not, is the accumulated compounded effect of small, seemingly insignificant choices along the way. I believe you must have a system that's sustainable over the long term, and that system must have feedback in it. Mm. So, Kevin, you are what you refer to as the sustainability guy. Oh, sure. Okay. The question for Kevin is this. 
Why do you think most people don't have a system that's sustainable? And what do you recommend to them when it comes to the designing and implementing a system that is customized to their own unique physique goals and lifestyle? I don't think most people have a system that is sustainable because they don't have a reason to create a system that is sustainable. Mm. Most people don't want to be fit forever. They want to be fit for certain events, and it doesn't really work like that. Because if you're only getting fit for certain events, then you're theoretically getting less fit in the rest of the time. So you're trying to play catch-up. That's something I've said before. Like Some people do a 28-day fix where they, really, they try to get rid of one year of bad habits in 28 days. I take 28 days off from fitness throughout the year. Right. And Who's nothing be happens. Fit. Right. Because, because I do the other 330 days or whatever it is. Right. And I think that's the problem. The problem is you think you can just... And I know, I know this sounds harsh, and I'm not speaking to you specifically if you're listening, but people tend to think that they can get rid of bad habits by a month of good ones, and it doesn't work like that. Can you get rid of a bad year of spending money with 30 days? Not unless you win the lottery, no. Right. So I think the effort versus the expectations are off. When you should work really hard for 11 months and take 12 months off over those, or one month off over that. Right. Over that 11-month span. To quote one of my heroes, Greg Plitt, he says something along the lines, and this is, he was a little bit brash. A he said, bit. people think that five weeks is going to tra- transform 50 fucking years. Right. And it's like, that. If he says, if that was the case, we'd all be ripped shirtless going around town. Yeah. I'm so big on that. Like, the industry, for everyone out there, I've said this a million times, but you're going to hear it again. The industry is trying to sell you something, so they're going to make it sound easier than it is. Um, There is no quick fix. There is no quick pill. There is no shot you can take, pill you can take. The only recipe for success is mastery. Study fitness, practice fitness, teach fitness, make fitness a part of your life. It is a lifestyle. It doesn't happen one month out of the year. It's 12 months a year. It's every year, yeah, and it never stops. But it's the things behind the scene. Like, if you guys, you know, you might be really good at something that Alan and I are terrible at, right? And we could very you easily, are, for sure, you definitely. Yeah. Are. <laughs> we we could very easily say, well, they they're lucky, or it's genetics, or it's this, right. or you know, me, whatever. They got lucky. Like that's something I used to say. No, it's just you're doing stuff behind the scenes that we're not. Yep. You, again, I get up super early and foam roll and. You know, Alan and I know what's in foods. We, we know what's in an ounce of chicken. We know what's in, you know, and I think that that's because we've studied this because we have the why power. If you could figure out the why power to do anything, like maybe you want to run around with your kids. Maybe you're 40 pounds overweight and you, you run out of breath chasing around your newborn. Or not newborn because they don't run. Your, your, your infant. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Maybe you just got a dog and you want to be able to take your dog out without, you know, sweating. Like, whatever it is. Mm. Maybe you want to take the stairs instead of the elevator. Like, you have to create necessity because nobody can create it for you. I was with a mentor last night, and we get dinner on Sunday nights, and he's 69 years old, and he looks like he's probably in his early 40s. He's unbelievably strong, unbelievably healthy, and he weight trains every day, and he swims every day. And he says, people see this, and they wonder how I do it, but it's it's the accumulation of hard work. He right. said, when you look in the mirror and you're naked, you literally, there's no, there's no, it's all truth. There's no lying there. That is the accumulated compound effect. If you're not happy with it, that's okay. I've been there. Me too. That's what I said at my speech. I've been unhappy with the way I look, and it sucks. What we really want for you is not just to achieve the physique of your dreams, but we want you to be proud of yourself by not breaking the promises that you make to yourself. 
Whatever it is that you decide to do, stick to it. Say, I'm going to do this and make fitness a big part of my life, no matter what it takes. And I promise you're never going to look back and be like, oh, I really wish I didn't take fitness seriously. Right. You're never going to regret that. Right. It's the, honestly, you could come up to me and say, Alan, I'll give you a million dollars to switch bodies. And I would say no chance. I would walk away in an instant because health is so unbelievably important to me. Like I've worked so freaking hard for the physique of my dreams and, and the way I feel about myself, my self-esteem, my physique, my physiology, the way I wake up and feel good. I want that for all of you. So, um, that's the last thing I just wanted to say was just, it's, it's so important. And I know we talked high level, just get started. Like just get started, get around somebody who knows a little bit more than you go on YouTube and find somebody who you feel. I always preach, um, athlean X, athlean X. He's a, world-class physical therapist. He works with professional athletes, professional teams, and he tells you how it is. He doesn't sugarcoat it. Right. And I think that's, you know, again, he's not super hardcore. He's not going to yell at you, but he's going to tell you what to do. He's going to tell you what will actually work. Guys, just get started. This podcast started because I was curious, right? Everything started as, yeah, everything started as an experiment. So start experimenting, see what works for you, and make sure it's the truth. The 28-day fixes these these overnight fixes these shakes these supplements you don't need that you need fundamentals you need to practice them consistently and i am convinced because that's what worked for me alan same thing everybody i know does the fundamentals they do them consistently and they do them well 10 second blip from kevin about fitness for the listeners my goodness i think that a lot of people i think so a lot of people in this day and age lack self-love but i think self-love and self-discipline go hand in hand when you say you're going to do something and you say, I want to look good naked, I want to look good in this tuxedo, I want to look good in my wedding dress, nothing feels better than looking good to you. Nothing feels better than looking at yourself and saying, wow, I accomplished this. I think that's unbelievably powerful. We are all clay. We are walking, talking billboards, and you know we all have a message that we portray when we show up. What do you want yours to say? You might have the greatest heart in the world. But unfortunately, you don't get judged off that firsthand. That's mm. just the way it is. If I could see your heart, like I can, you know, I judge energy. I try to judge you off of that. I try to, you know, make my, my statements with that, my connections off of that. But that's not how everybody is. And I think you have to live up to your own standards. If you're not happy with the way you look, get happy with how you, like, get to that point. Solid 10 second yeah. blip. Solid 20, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. <laughs> Ladies and Oh, you got something? Um, you'll like this because it's. Quickly? It, yeah, it's the fastest. If you had a friend oh, Jesus. who broke as many promises to you as you have broken to yourself, how much would you value that friendship? I want you to value yourself, keep the promises you make to yourself. And if you're into fitness and you're working out, strong work. If you're getting started, strong work. It's it's all about that. Just start small. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I know we were a little bit hardcore, but we love this and we want you to achieve the physique of your dreams. Up next, we are going to do a Scratching the Surface episode on the Drive to Five. We have talked... Very high level, very low level, all levels on the drive to five, <laughs> but we've never done a full episode on it. So basically, it is the measuring stick at which you can determine your level of self-belief, confidence, and self-esteem. We are going to dive into that. We'll give practical examples of, you know, we've learned that it really is a law from studying many people. Yes. I had an experience this weekend, which I'll share as well, that really helped me lock it in. It is a law. It is a law. The drive to five, my friends. That's that's our thing. We created that. Yeah. Do not miss that episode. You're going to understand where you are and where you want to be. Um, I'm excited for that. I'm going to drive on home and stuff my face. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed. We will talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Bye. 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for listening to another episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. Going hyperconscious will absolutely change your life because if you understand why something is the way it is, now you have the power to change it. If you going hyperconscious with us has changed your life in any way, please share this episode with one of your friends because the more people that go hyperconscious, the better this world's going to be for everybody. And if you would kindly leave us a five star review on iTunes, that would help us make more people hyperconscious and we would be greatly appreciative. Thank you. Bye.